because humanity is imperfect and in some ways doing its best and in some way raising me. So, mm. you know, I think that we all need to kind of be grateful that each other exists, whether we have opposing views, you know, someone who does a foolish act that, that, and, and, and if I'm sitting here going, Oh, what a fool, what an idiot that they did that for me because in some ways their act might have shown me not to do it myself. So they gave me something. It was a gift. And I think everybody has to play a role in this great game in this great play of life. And uh, we should look at everybody as their role somehow serves some part of this puzzle for us. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte, exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Well, Evan, life's a game of choices. You make choices, you do your best, and you see where you end up. I guess really that's kind of the whole game here. And uh, what choice to make though, not always easy, especially when you're caught between a couple, either really good ones or maybe ones that are caught between your values, like responsibility or maybe the dream, you know, these types of things. I think we're faced with this stuff a lot more than we realize. And Actually, I, I learned an interesting thing the other day. Um, we, When we get older, life seems to pass us by a lot quicker. Um, when we're young, it's like time seems to move slow. Like we seem to get a lot of life. There's a lot of uh, experience. And then as we get older, a lot of people go, man, the years went by so quickly. Like where did mm -hmm. time go? So apparently the way our brains work is that when we are in a routine of doing something, when things are no longer novel, our brain goes, I don't need to remember that again. I only need to remember it once, or I need to remember the average of the seven or 20 or a hundred times this has happened. And so it kind of compresses it into almost one single memory, which is why our experience of time becomes shortened because we're actually doing the same thing over and over and our brain doesn't need to capture it over and over again. Mm. So the way for you to have more life in your life is to have more novel experiences as you get older, to have more new and interesting things that you do, more adventures mm. maybe. And so, um, you know, if I can kind of parallel this back to our title, choose your own adventure, um, that's kind of something that I think I feel like at this stage in my life, uh, you know, I'm I'm looking for my new adventures, and i always get caught between is this a responsible choice <laughs> as an adult uh you know is this the is this smart am i being foolish um you know and when i was younger and i think anybody who's younger i think you should take some risks i think you should try some stuff out and, and learn but as you get older you know there's certain things that um it there's certain pressures in society there's all sorts of things that go on that sometimes can make you not choose the adventure. But everything ultimately is an adventure, but they're different types of adventures and they're not all equal, I think. And so sometimes it, it's hard when you look at it and you go, oh man, I want to have this amazing journey and this, this incredible life. And then you kind of look at what that means it might come with. And that can scare you out of this version of life you want. 
But then the alternative is, well, if I do the safe, conservative kind of, you know, responsible choice, um, is it even worth it? You know, do do I want to have that kind of safe, comfortable life if it means that it's just boring and monotonous and not interesting at all, even mm-hmm. though I'll probably have more comfort? And and so I think we're caught between choices of this nature all the time. Yeah. And uh, that's something I'd like to explore maybe a little bit on this episode, but I don't know. I'll throw it back to you. What do you what do you got for us? Yeah, I mean, you you kick that off with a lot of really interesting things that I would love to to talk about uh, a few of them. The first one that I just wanted to mention was that that thing that you found about how our brains work on novel experiences, and and it's like you know it's it's interesting because then. There's there can be a trap there in the sense that you become one of those just like thrill seekers who's just you know constantly chasing one thing to the next to the next and maybe hey, maybe that's the that you're who you are as a person and that's that's your thing but there can be that can that can be problematic in a way too you know like thrill seekers thrill chasers and um, that can create problems in other areas of of your life. And that's where I think that something where, you know, that's that wisdom that we've all heard over and over and over again, one that we talk about a lot, but that whole thing of presence, right. And the problem of memory is that, uh, and you know, our good friend, Alan Watts, you know, like he has a great lecture in which I remember him talking about washing a plate, you know, like you're doing the dishes and, and, He's like, and, and people are, are so many people get so angry about having to wash the dishes and it's like, because, and he's like, but it's because you're carrying all the dishes that you've, you've washed before with you. And you're thinking like, oh, I'm washing. He's like, as opposed to if you actually just really became present, you know, with the plate, with the water and, and wiping it and discovering it fresh and new. And because every moment actually is, is completely unique but we start to run on on an assumption of things right and that's part of the problem and i think that one of the re- one of the wisdoms about learning to become more present is that actually when we become more present the world becomes alive again like when we were children mm. and and we ha- and we discover the richness that's that's around us and we're more um and and there's just so much more for us, uh, even as we start to get older. So that's one thing I wanted to bring into this, but also I want to touch on what you were saying in terms of, yeah, I think that there's this, it's not like an either or situation with this sort of risk responsibility. Like that's maybe a oversimplistic, you know, duality to, to put to this, but I think it'll work. But that, that risk responsibility, um, interplay, because they are, they they aren't different. They are. It's one of those sides to the same coin type of thing. They they work together and they work in a kind of harmony with each other. Because I think that it can be very, it can be very challenging to take certain kinds of risks if you don't have a kind of foundation underneath you. And that's definitely something I've learned about. Cre- you know being in the creative process and and within any creative process that I've I've seriously engaged with with any amount of time is that like that foundation that you create is so important 
you know, but it's it's just a jumping off point for the spontaneous thing to occur and, and the spontaneous thing we could we could identify, I suppose, as the risky thing, you know, like that's that those are the risks. But your risk is is somewhat uh, informed and and the sort of disastrousness of your risk is is mitigated. The potential disastrousness of your of your risk is mitigated by that foundation, right? Which in some ways allows you to take the bigger risks, right? Mm. Because, you know, it's like, you know what? I've, I know I've got this foundation underneath me if this completely fucks up. So I'm going to take a huge jump, you know, and, and I know that this is at least there, you know, to for me to do it. And so in many ways that the, the a certain level of responsibility actually allows you to take greater risk. Um, so I think that there's, there's that, there's that component of this whole thing that I think is important to talk about, which is, yeah, that they're not, they're not complete, like they're not enemies to each other. They're actually dance partners, Mm -hmm. um, in the whole thing. And I guess the last thing I wanted to comment on though is, is that, yeah, but there's a, a problem because like, you know, we talk about foundations, like, well, is the foundation all you, you want to be living on? That's your life is just foundation. Mm. <laughs> like all the time, everywhere, never taking, never jumping off of that foundation, never leaping off of that foundation in any kind of way, exploring the space, exploring the air, exploring the, you know, however you want to picture that, right? What is your, what is your life beyond just that thing? What is your life just beyond that, that comfort? You know, there's got to be something is, is, is that really it? Where's the, where's, is that adventure? You know, where is the adventure in your life where you give that, that thing a place? Because it is, it's so important to, it is so important to have that, right? Like, and, and again, yeah, I think it's that whole yin, yin yang thing in, in this whole, in this whole game. So Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's that, those are my thoughts off of your thoughts, to open things up. No, I think that's a really good point. I think responsibility plays a huge part in your ability to take a risk. And if you're totally irresponsible taking huge risk, I think chances are you'll end up with some bad outcomes. So I would say that, you know, I would say that a lot of responsibility with big risks is actually more ideal because when you take a risk too, I mean, there's, there's, you know, this is a wide subject. We can be talking about a lot of different types of risks, but one thing that I was always encouraged to keep in mind, if I ever took a risk, which feel like I'm a bit of a risk taker in, in, in my own way. But like one of the things that I always kind of was encouraged is that safety was very, very important and not so much when I was thinking about safety for myself, but thinking about safety for others and, because if I take a risk and I hurt myself, that's one thing. But if I hurt someone else in my risk, then that's that's really bad. So, um, you know, and and I think also you have to. You know, there's so many factors to consider in when we when we're talking about this. Um, who am I responsible for? You know, if you're a parent and you want to take this big risk, and you have a child that's dependent on you, for example. Um, or family or whatever, I think that you have to really keep that in mind. I think that's a really, really important part of your decision making. And 
if you just decide to behave irresponsibly, you know, who knows, you could hurt your child or you could have your child taken away from you. There's lots of things that can come from, you know, being irresponsible with risk. So yeah. it is interesting you bring this up because I think when we started this conversation, I was looking at responsibility and risk a little bit differently. And I actually see that there is a limit in that because I was like, do I be more responsible or do I take the risk? And it's like, well, why don't you be as responsible as you can, but then take as much risk as you can? Yeah. Why don't you kind of find both at the same time? And it's not one or the other. It's like, do both. Don't, don't make them compete against each other. And, and how much responsibility or let's say maybe it starts to move from responsibility into something else, like say being, cons- uh, maybe there's a different term, like being, um, well, I don't know, like a conservative, I don't know what the, the right word might be, like being safer or whatever, but like mm-hmm. how much of this are you willing to give up to take a little bit more of the risk or how much risk are you willing to give up to make sure you're a little bit more secure? Let's maybe call mm-hmm. it security. I don't know as a term, but like, this is interesting uh, take on it for me because I was looking at them when we started this conversation as a little bit competing because I always experience them that way. But I'm actually realizing that that's actually just a good way to look at risk is like, wait a minute, I'm being irresponsible by taking this risk and knowing that I'm being irresponsible might actually make me a, a, a better person in the world, not only for myself, but for everyone around me. Mm. Um, because I do think that, you know, when we're looking at our life and we're, you know, I don't think person, I'll just say my opinion because I don't think that necessarily everybody will agree with this, but I don't think you should be making decisions just based on like, because it makes you happy. I don't think that's a good enough reason. And I think that people should be very, very weary of justifying their reasons for making decisions just because, well, I want to be happy. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, great. You want to be happy. I want to be happy. Joe Blow over there wants to be happy. You all want to be mm-hmm. fucking happy. And if we all just do what makes us happy, we live in a really, really dark and shitty world. So yeah. although I care about your happiness and I want you to be happy, I don't want you to be happy if it means you're going to steal from other people. I don't want you to be happy if it means you're going to cheat. I don't want you to be happy if it means you're going to do something unethical, immoral, toxic, damaging, whatever. And so I think when we're looking at uh, risk and whatever it is that we're going for, and we're considering our own happiness, we need to consider that, you know, it's sometimes it's not about what makes me happy. Sometimes it's about what's the right and good thing to do in this world. And not just because I want to be a good person, but because other people are in your life and maybe other people you care about and matter And so Mm -hmm. that matter to you. And so, you know, you shouldn't just be careless about that, you know? So these are, these are things that I want to throw in, I guess, as I'm talking. Yeah, Yeah, no, they're good things to throw in. I I think that there is a price to pay for those things. Like you're saying, like, like, oh, well, if I just steal it, steal from this person, then I get what I want. Or if I, da, 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 there's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's all short term. You know, like that, like these are short term things that can make you happy momentarily, but there's a, there is a kind of hell that you're creating for yourself in that situation. That's not going to, 
give you a joyful life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, I think that that's, that's part of the, the misconception around some of what you're saying is that like, oh, well, people will just, if they just do what's, you know, and like, cause I agree with you to a large extent, like it's not just about doing what makes you happy, but it's also at the same time, it's like, but that actually opens the door for a, a bigger thing, which for me, there's, is, is what I would call joy. To me, I see mm-hmm. a distinction between happiness and joy. Happiness is like a temporary emotion, right? Like it's kind of like a high point type of emotion that, that is fleeting. Joy is actually to me a, a state of it. It's, it's actually kind of like a, a baseline state of being that you can, that, that we can live in, that we can achieve as human beings. Mm-hmm. Right. And joy is about, is about that recognition that like, Oh, if I do just these things that make me happy temporarily, just trying to connect as many of these little happy dots together <laughs> as quickly and as many in a row as I can possibly do that there's, there's, it's kind of like that thing of being also a thrill seeker, right? Like it's just, it's, it, there's, there's a restlessness to that, right? There's just a constant, just having to, to get the next thing, the, you know, feeding the hungry ghost in, in a way, right? Like, which is just like, it's, it's bottomless, it's bottomless. And, and there's actually, that that's a very particular kind of suffering that uh, a lot of us live with, right? Because it's not a particularly wise way to live, but actually when you are considerate of other people and you're, and how you are in relation to other people and to the world, it's not that you don't do things that won't bring you happiness but that you're actually creating a state in which there's more joy that's actually that the potential joy that's there for you. Mm-hmm. Right. But I want to come back around to, to something you said, because like, yeah, I was like, man, we could wrap up the, the episode right there with that thought. But when you said, you know, it's about like, what is it, how, you know, you took the whole thing of like, it's not, either or but it's like what is the most responsible thing as and and what's the most amount of responsibility i can i can have here and what's the most amount of risk i can take at the same time you know i think that that's a very simple way of kind of looking at a at a you know a crossroads or or a problem that you might be having because it's just like oh okay what are those things and it is a give and take mm-hmm. right like it's it, there there is a give and take like if you're taking a little bit of risk, it's going to, it's going to impede in a little bit on, on the responsibility factor. And if you're being, putting in some responsibility, it's going to impede a little bit on the risk factor. These things like both kind of are, are, are pushing in their own kind of way. But there's, I think there's that, there's the harmony that, that exists with, within there that, um, and it's for everybody, there's like a different level of, comfort and there's mm-hmm. I, I, with how much risk you're you're able to to do or not do but you know there's the, something i wanted to that that came to mind in some of this is that you know in our culture you hear a lot of people you know and and these sort of like gurus like n- not like gurus as in you know like spiritual gurus but like wealth and success gurus i guess and 
so many of them talk about taking risks, right? And you hear a lot of the stories about like, I, I had to like, you know, I sold everything I had and I mortgaged my house and my family was like, what are we going to eat tomorrow? But I made it work in this business. And like, this is what, that's what you got to do. And da, 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 da. And, you know, I think that there's for that person. Yeah. That was what was what you had to do. And that was the risk that you could take. But you can find stories of people who followed that route and just like, no, this is just what I've got, what I've got to do. I've got to, you know, I've got to put it all on the line and that's how I'm going to have this huge success. And it completely ends in a fucking calamity. Yeah. Right. Because you're a different person in a different scenario doing a different thing. You know, like it's, it's, I think that that's, that's one of the, problems with some of like our culture around risk is that and again because that's almost saying like no it's like you gotta it's all risk all the time it's like i promise you that person isn't all risk all the time mm-hmm. you know like they took a big risk at one point in time i promise you now though that a lot of the decisions that they make they're not doing that shit all the time they don't continue to just put everything that they've you know that they've attained and built on the line every single time they're doing a new venture you know, cause that's stupid. Right. I think that where that, the wisdom of that comes along for, for a lot of people is that I think that a lot of people have become so risk averse, you know, so afraid of risk that there's almost no risk ever taken at all. Right. And so the idea is just sometimes you got to swing a little bit a little bit hard the other way in order to to find some balance but i guess part of the problem there is that all right maybe you take a big swing and it ends up really crashing in on you and then that might just make you more more risk averse more mm-hmm. afraid of it than than you were before and so now it's even less likely so that's where i i really again i really love this thing that you said about what's the m- most amount of you know, what's, what's the most amount of responsibility I can have in this situation and what's the most amount of risk that I can also, um, do in this moment as well. Right. And, and I think that that can really help us start to come up with some ideas, plans, ways of figuring out, you know, uh, the, the, our course of action, Mm -hmm. I guess, because, because yeah, like it, 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 we're presenting ourselves with both sides of the thing. We're, we're creating room for both of them, Mm -hmm. right? Not saying like, no, I've got to do the responsible thing or no, I've got to do the, I've got to take the risk. It's like, no, no, no. Like we're creating space for both of these things right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and they'll both present their case. (laughs) They'll both present their case to you. And it's like, okay. And sometimes it's going to be like, all right, we're, we're going to lean a little bit more responsible this time, but that doesn't mean we're not, we're not throwing a little something out there, you know, like we're still throwing a bit of a line out there to, for a bit of risk at the moment. Right. And then there's going to be other times when it's just like, okay, no, we're taking a bigger, we're taking a bigger swing at this one. Right. Mm-hmm. We're taking it and the responsibility is going to have, have a smaller part, but it's, it's again, it's never an either or situation. It's always an and, and situation. Mm-hmm. Oh man, there's a lot of stuff coming up for me. So some a word that kind of popped into my mind 
with all of this was sacrifice. And something that I think that we, when we're talking about risk and we're talking about anything we're going for, we need to really kind of navigate that word sacrifice. Like there's that, I sacrifice so much for you. It's like, Ugh. no, come on. Like <laughs> that, that, that's the game. That That's how this works. You know, that you chose to do this thing. That's the sacrifice that you chose to make. I mean, there's like, like if you, if you put time and energy into some business and it doesn't work out, it's like, look, the sacrifice you made was a part of trying to make this thing work. I mean, that's a part of it. Raising a kid, same thing. Oh, I sacrifice so much. You chose to have a kid. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, there's, there's choices you might not have liked that you could have made um, otherwise. But the thing is at the end of the day, there you are. And you, you know, you responsibility is one of those interesting things because responsibility comes with this other side of things is if you want any power in this life, if you want any sense of control over your, your, any aspect of your life, you need to take responsibility for as much as you possibly can. And you shouldn't take responsibility for things that, you know, are are not truly your responsibility to take. Not because you shouldn't you shouldn't want to, because you should always want to, but because you don't want to ever take responsibility away from someone else and disempower them as mm-hmm. a good fucking teammate. You know what I mean? But you know, as a player of sports at a high division, one thing you learn in sports is that when your teammate makes a mistake, fucks up, gets out of position, gets beat, whatever happens. If you, if you, if someone needs to pick up the slack for them and it falls on you, take responsibility for picking up. Don't blame them. Don't sit around going, oh, they messed up. Look, they did what they did. It happened. Now you're here. And, and that's part of what you're talking about with presence too. Presence is about, okay, I happen to be here. The responsibility falls on me. I didn't want it to, but it is here. I am take responsibility and just do your part. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I understand the other aspect of this where sometimes we feel like people aren't doing their job. And so they're, we're picking up the slack for them. And then they are riding on the fact that we'll just pick it up for them all the time. And and I get that side of things. In that respect, you you're totally um it's totally okay to to acknowledge that and be annoyed with that and, and have those feelings about that. But take responsibility over what you're gonna do about it. Don't complain about it. The responsible choice now is draw boundary with that person. Hey, listen, mm-hmm. you keep fucking dropping the ball on your work over here. And and when you drop it, I'm picking it up for you. I'm just gonna let you know that if you continue to do this there's going to be a day where I don't pick it up for you. So I need you to do your job because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not here. I, I'm helping you and I'm picking up the ball for you, but I'm letting you know because what's, what it's causing me. And you let them know how it makes you feel. You let them know what's happening. You let them know. Cause a lot of the time when people drop the ball, here's the other thing, risk, risk takers often drop the ball somewhere. They don't realize they've taken a risk and left something on someone else. Mm-hmm. So if you're a risk taker, and someone comes to you and says, "Hey, man, you took this risk and it fell on me." You need to you need to like acknowledge that. That's a part of the you know, because you know, I get that there's lots of people out there that don't give a shit whether they're a good person or not. They 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 could 
they're totally embracing their ego and their scoundrel side. I get that. I get that they don't care. And when I talk about being a good person, being ethical, being moral, they like tune right the fuck out and they don't even listen to anything I have to say. They're like, oh, Brandon talking about being a good person. Like they literally, I know that's how they think. I know there are people like that and they're narcissistic and they're involved in their own fucking world. And listen, if you're not like that, we all have to navigate a world with narcissistic people who don't give a fuck about being a good person. They don't care. They're not going to play by the rules. They're going to cheat. They're going to steal. They're going to do what they're going to do. And as we go through this world, we need to, we need to recognize that we are dealing with people that are like that. And as we take our risks, we need to take our risks with acknowledgement that not everybody's going to play by the rules. Not everybody's going to be good. Not everybody's going to be ethical. And don't assume that everybody will just because they should. Mm -hmm. So you go into the water knowing they're sharks. Um, you know, in some ways you look at these people. I mean, look, we can talk all day about are they good, bad, are they, you know, whatever. They exist. And the thing is, is like, they'll take advantage of you if you give them the opportunity. So, you know, it's that, that kind of, uh, what was that saying you said? Like, uh, it, it's like a saying from, it's like trust in Allah, but, but tie up your horse kind of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. But tie your camel, tie your camel, yeah, trust in Allah, but tie, but tie your camel. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's like a, it's, yeah, like an, it's a good example, a, a right? Trust in, trust in God, but you know, tie up your camel, whatever you want to look at it, right? However you want to phrase that. Um, trust in the universe, type your camel, however, whatever your word is, just right. But the point is, is that lock your car. <laughs> yeah. It, just because you have faith in things, just because you're, you, you know, you're doing good, you're doing well, doesn't mean that you're not living in a world that will take what you gain, take your opportunity, all of that. So, um, you know, so I think one of the interesting things is like, yeah, sometimes we get kind of screwed over, but we have to acknowledge that we put ourselves in a position to get screwed over. And one thing I struggle with, and this is a final note, I'll, I'll say before I pass it on to you, Evan, this is something I struggle a lot with risk-taking is being the fool. Cause I've mm. been the fool a number of times. I've been the victor and the wonderful benefiter of risk many times, but I've also been the fool equally at least yeah. as many times, if not more. <laughs> um, and the fool sucks and it's embarrassing and uh, you know, but, Anyway, I feel like that's a very important part of this because sometimes you're like, oh man, I should have been more responsible and I was a fool, right? Mm -hmm. um, but being a fool is not necessarily a bad thing, but I think we need to talk about it. Hey everybody, this is Evan and this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Being a fool is often the one of the best and fastest paths to wisdom. <laughs> yeah. It's better but than it's, playing it safe, you know, playing right. it safe. You don't, you know, you, you never really learn anything. Not really. Everything just kind of becomes theoretical knowledge. The fool is, is constantly doing things and sometimes, yeah, <laughs> foolishly doing those things, but you become, you can become really truly wise because it's not just some, 
you don't just know things as concepts. You know things through actual lived experience of things. Mm-hmm. And that that is a kind of knowledge that is like it it hardwires itself into you right as opposed to yeah as opposed to just something that's sort of floating around and you know you will eventually become burned that way too and you'll realize that you were a fool for thinking that you could you know not be fooled <laughs> in a way i yeah. guess and, you know, and, and I, I love that you you're a fool for thinking you're not not you can't be fooled because i do uh, this one little thing i want to say i think that the people that discover they're foolish or discover they're fools, put themselves in a position to expose how foolish we all are. Because really, mm-hmm. the people who never find out that they're a fool usually never take any risks and never take any chance. But if they had, they'd realize they were a fool too. And yeah. and the judgment, I think, around, oh, this person's a fool and that person's not, is part of the problem with our risk-taking kind of understanding. Yeah. Is, yeah, I think that we're all fools. It's just that some of us actually test whether we are or not, and we take chances, which sometimes expose that you just don't know. You know, Brandon, I'm sure you've heard this, but one of the first things that an actor learns, like a serious actor learns, it's a it's a wisdom, it's a lesson, it's it's don't be afraid to make a fool of yourself. Because you'll never be a good actor if you're afraid to make a fool of yourself. You just like you you just won't like you'll you'll be just stuck in a little box, and it's it that's so true, you know. From the many things I've learned early as an actor of things that have held up and and not like that's you know there's a reason why that is still that's still shot out there all the time. It's it's because people who are so are too caught up with their their image and how they're going to look just you won't be able to act you won't be able to go to the places that you need to go to in order to do your job as an actor mm-hmm. so you know there's a, a thing where yeah we hate feeling like the fool we don't want that to happen but i think we need to have room for that because it's like we're all going to be we're all going to be made fools, you know, whether somebody else is aware of it or if it's just ourselves aware of it, we're, we're going to make fools of ourselves many, many times in our, in our life, you know, but the fool again, I think is, is crucial in, in us becoming wise human beings, you know, like it's, again, it's another one of those, I think, they seem like they're opposites, but they're actually they're actually in in a dance with each other. The wise mm-hmm. man and the fool are <laughs> are are playing around with each other all the time. And I mean, if you read, like, pick up a book of of the poetry of Rumi, who is one of my favorite, absolute favorite writers and and poets. Like, just how many of his poems. You know, and this is a dude who, in my, he was a truly genuine one of like the figures in history who was a truly enlightened cat man, like on this <laughs> who who existed, and so much of his poems are about like make a fool of yourself, mm-hmm. throw your image out, like be a disgrace. Like these are the kinds of words that that he uses, which which is 
you know, and he uses it with such abandon that it's just like, this is where your freedom is. Your freedom is in being a fool and in abandoning your ideas of what a, of the human being that you think you're supposed to be, right? Be a fool and become truly, and become truly wise. Mm. Yeah. 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 You know, um, I was thinking we're, we don't all like, we don't really have much of a great mentorship kind of system in our culture these days, at least not in Western culture. I mean, it's, we have our parents and then our parents do their best and, and all our parents are coming from different places and they made different choices and they did their best, whatever they did and whoever our parents were, whether we like them or we don't like them. I mean, they did what they did and we're here. And so, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work around parental stuff and I'm my relationship with my parents is not perfect, but I'm super grateful for my parents and I'll always love them no matter what. And, and in some ways I'm learning through my parents to love all of humanity because humanity is imperfect and in some ways doing its best and in some way raising me. So, mm. you know, I think that we all need to kind of be grateful that each other exists, whether we have opposing views, you know, someone who does a foolish act that, that, and, and, and if I'm sitting here going, Oh, what a fool, what an idiot that they did that for me because in some ways their act might have shown me not to do it myself. So they gave me something. It was a gift. And I think everybody has to play a role in this great game in this great play of life. And, uh, we should look at everybody as their role somehow serves some part of this puzzle for us. And whether we've seen that role be played over a hundred times and we watch the hundredth person play the fool. And then we think, Oh man, hadn't you seen the first person play the fool? How foolish are you? And it's like, well, no, they didn't because they made the fool's role again. Right. And look, I've probably made foolish choices that a thousand, hundred thousand million people have made before me. And I've probably done it somewhere. I'm sure. And so I know I didn't get the memo <laughs> that that was a foolish act, but I did it. And there I am in the fool's role. Um, and so I think uh, when when you look at the wise person, you know, the best thing you can do when you heal your wounds of discovering you're a fool, because it's embarrassing and there's all the shame and ego ish issues that come with that. But when you heal it and you become wise, the best thing you can possibly do is share that with someone else and say, hey, look, I was a fool. Here's what I did. Now I'm wise because I did this foolish thing you be wise too. Don't do the fool thing. And the person goes, thank you. Great. I won't. And then they go off and do something else foolish that you didn't do. Yeah. <laughs> and they will teach with wisdom what their foolish act was. And that's what mentorship is. Like a lot of people look at a mentor and they go, oh man, they've helped me out so much. They're so great. But it's like, mostly your mentor made a lot of foolish choices and thought, you know what? I'd like to not like, and it, mentors are interesting because mentors come in many different forms and they come and they show up in many different ways. And they're not all perfect, by the way. They're not all just like gurus sitting on a mountain, totally Zen and like enlightened. Some of them are, are really fucked up people that just have some good <laughs> insights. But that being said, I'm, so I'm not blanketing the term men mentor as somehow some good person either. But if you find mentors in certain areas of your life, sometimes a mentor might just be good for one area of your life, not every area. But usually the mentor is able to acknowledge where they were foolish and whether they admit it to you or not, 
a lot of their wisdom comes from how they made a mistake somewhere um, and how they learned something, you know, and most, most of these really great lessons, if they're our own, they come the hard way, you know, um, usually if they come the easy way, they're, they're someone else that we kind of pass it on to, you know, mm-hmm. and um, when you have a lot of lessons to teach yourself that are your own, you know, there's a lot of foolish, probably choices and acts that you made. Right. So, um, but Hey, I mean, I don't know, like I'm really learning to heal the wound of the fool because, um, you know, I think that it's one of those, it's one of those concepts in this society where sometimes you think somehow you, you, you were foolish and somehow that lowered you or made you less than, and, you know, and it's not true, but it feels that way at times, especially when you're in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I'm it's so interesting thinking about like all of this, like, and it's interesting that, that this conversation about, you know, choose your own adventure has become a conversation about being the fool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's like, I saw this quote recently. It was something like, an expert is simply a person who has made all the mistakes you can make in a particular area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you so know, true. And, yeah. and it's just like, yeah. And, and a fool person was, was a fool over and over and over and over again until they became the expert in the field. Right. Cause they stepped out there and they did it. And I also, what comes to mind as well as comedians, you know, comedians and or even just like comedy writers anyone who's involved with comedy they are have taken foolishness to a professional level mm-hmm. you know it's their job to be fools right to make fools of themselves to make fools of all of us to make fools of you know like just like that's their job is to be foolish mm-hmm. right but again a great comedian gives us incredible insight through their foolishness, you know, by making fun of things, by shining a certain kind of light angle perspective on something and making us laugh about it. Like we actually can understand something more deeply and more profoundly about ourselves and each other and our society, our culture, whatever it is that they're commenting on. There's, there's again, wisdom. And so this is really fascinating to me that this conversation is, is really pointing out a lot of this, you know, a a couple of these dichotomies, right? Like foolishness and, you know, foolishness and wisdom and risk and responsibility. There seem to be these things that, that are, are kind of coming up here. I, did you want? Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say something um, in regards to choose, choose your own adventure something that kind of came up for me is like, maybe we don't always choose the adventure we really want because we're scared of being foolish or the fool in, in choosing the adventure. Cause we, we know that there's a high chance we'll, we'll be fooled or we'll make mistakes. Right. Yeah. And so I had this thought, yeah, I had this thought that maybe part of what helps someone be a good adventurer is feeling okay with being fooled or being foolish and being Absolutely. like, look, if I get fooled, this is what I'll do. This will be my response. This is, I'll learn. I'll, I'll I'll adapt. I'll change. But like, if you're if you're too caught in your reputation and your image, 
I think that's actually going to stop you from ever going on an adventure. Yeah. Because you're going to care too much what people think of you. And like, um, you know, the best, mm, well, I'll just say this one last thing. The best part in my life, when I became, when I stepped into my own image of my dreams was when I kind of got out of high school into college. And then I would even say just after college, because even in college, I was still caught in it a bit. But once I decided, you know what, I don't, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me anymore. And then life became pretty fucking wildly incredible. And it was, I mean, I definitely made a fool of myself many times, but I didn't care. I wasn't caught in what people thought of me. And and I think what I did find, you know, it, it, I'm not saying I'm perfect with this because I still get caught in it every now and then. I'm like, ah, man, I, ugh. but, but I do, I, I'm recognizing as we're talking about this, because something's kind of dropping for me because I don't think I was really aware of this, but I realize now that my lack of concern of being considered foolish freed me. I realize now that when I get concerned about that, how limited it makes me, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like, who am I trying to impress here? Like, wh- what am I actually trying to do here? You know? Well, yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, it's clear that you're worried more about your image of yourself than you are about the actual thing that you're yes. doing. Yeah. That's you what know? I'm realizing. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I that's... think we all get caught. Well, I do, but I mean, I'm, I, 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 I suppose that we all do, but we get caught because we're worried more about how we appear than, than the actual thing that matters. Yeah. You know, I, I, this seems like a good segue for this, but I, I pulled this up because when, when I realized that we were going to be talking a little bit about you know, like risks and risks and responsibility and, and stuff like that. I pulled this up because this was a, an old blog post that I wrote and that had to do with, with risk. It was called, um, uh, take risks and be interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. there's a rant. And so if I may, I'm going to read some of this out. I, I, it's not the whole thing. It's, it's a, it's just an excerpt of it. So, Um, I wrote, to make it short, I see so many actors who are so concerned with getting it right because to a large degree, they have been indoctrinated into the view and approach that a quote-unquote right actually exists through the various methods and techniques that have been reinforced. The actor closes off and is incapable of attention and taking spontaneous action, which are the risky and interesting things great actors do. So if you want to take risks, act on those impulses that rise up. Don't ignore them. Those hunches, those intuitions about your character that move you, that excite you, that give you chills. When you allow yourself to act on those parts that aren't necessarily rational, you're daring to show who you really are, and that's the greatest risk of all. If you want to be interesting, pay real attention and really respond to what is going on. In Meisner training, you discover how fascinating it is when someone is actually absorbed in what's happening. Watching someone perform a seemingly mundane activity with sincere investment becomes a riveting spectacle. Really talk, really listen, really do what you're doing. 
You'll be so interested in what's happening, you won't have time to think about whether you're being interesting. But that's exactly what you will be. In this light, it occurs to me that this whole business of being genuinely interesting or risky is more of a byproduct as opposed to a premeditated action, something that may only be measured and weighed after the fact and utterly subjective. It means that as actors, we can simply focus on playing the moment at hand with full commitment and allow the rest to take care of itself. Hmm. Yeah, it's really good, man. Thank you for obliging that. But it's like, no, I yeah, I wrote, it. I, I, when I reread that, I was just like, oh, there's some, there's, uh, I, not to toot my own horn, but I'm like, oh, there's some good stuff in here. <laughs> there's some, well, nice. yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a sign that, you know, a lot of us, including yourself, obviously, we're on to something. We're, we're on, we're on to this shit. Like, we're not, like, this is what I love about these talks we have. I am, I think that, when you and I enter them, we're on to something, but we haven't fully investigated it, right? We haven't gone as deep as we can, but we're we're on to the wisdom, we're on to the insight. And so then we go, you know what? Like this is coming up. Let's explore it. And then we get these new insights as we go into it and go, oh man, there's these, there's these ways of looking at this. And it's not like this is um, you know, and I think for our audience too, I imagine like a lot of our audience are like, yeah, I kind of know that. I kind of am aware of that. But then they join us because as we explore these ideas, we 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 go into it and it's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I understood it, but I didn't get this little nugget of it. And now that I do, it's it's helped me somehow. Like for me in this conversation, I can say personally that this whole thing about the fool has been a very um tumultuous part of my journey. It's um, you know, I found in my in the last several years trying to not be the fool has been a big part of my narrative. And I'm beginning mm. to realize through this conversation that how that might be limiting me and where I have judgments on myself when I'm fooled or when I feel I'm being the fool. Mm-hmm. And I think what I would walk away with just from what we discovered so far is that it's like, you know what, Brandon, give yourself a break. It's okay to be a fool. It's okay to be fooled every now and then. And you know what? You, you inevitably will be because Sometimes in some situations, someone's going to have more knowledge or more experience than you, and they're going to take advantage of it. And they're going to use your better self against you. They're going to use your trust. They're going to use this, you know, and I, I, one of the things that I've had a tough time navigating is like, you know, sharing with this with you, Evan, before we started the podcast is like, can you trust anybody? You know, like that's a, that's a question I think we all ask, because if you get screwed over and people take advantage of you a number of times, you begin to ask that question and then you can become jaded and you become like skeptical of everything and you can become very reserved. And something we haven't talked about when it comes to risk-taking, one of the greatest risks we'll ever take is trust. Just to trust Mm -hmm. somebody is a huge risk. And There's a quote, and I love this quote, and I don't know who said it. I don't know where it originated from, but I love it. It's not the the stabbing in the back that hurts you. It's turning around to see who did it. Mm. A2, Brute. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and, And the thing is, is that as we're, the fool gets stabbed in the back sometimes, and that's part of playing the fool when you trust. But you know, I think we have to make allowances for the potential that every now and then we're going to get betrayed. Every now and then someone's going to lie to us. Every now and then we're going to get manipulated, taken advantage of, and whatever else. And 
we just have to bounce back. We just have to rise up, learn, be smarter, be better. And, you know, we need people that, that are wise and teach us how to be wise and encourage us to be wise with them, you know, and somebody has to get stabbed in the back for us to understand what betrayal is. So somebody played that role for us, you know, and in some cases it was me, in some cases it was someone else. But the thing is, is like, whenever anybody does that, they did us all a service because they learned something for us. And if they, if they are so gracious to share it with us about what they learned from it, we should be thanking them. But they had to remember, we have to remember, we don't understand betrayal until betrayal has actually happened. Uh, until then, it's just a theory. It's just an idea. You know, it's just, it's just the, like, oh, that would really suck. But like, when you get the, at the grassroots, at the, at the, the base of what betrayal really is like, you know, and man, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, right? So I think when we, when we go about our adventure, there are things also, I mean, we could get into so many topics I'm realizing, but we could talk about how betrayal plays into a part of adventure, right? And how sometimes we don't go on adventures because we're scared to be betrayed, but mm -hmm. you have to somehow, if you want to, to go for things and you want to reach, sometimes you have to open yourself up to the potential of these, not to say that they will happen, but that's part of what trust is. That's part of what all of this is, right? Well, I, I think that in so many ways, that's, that's always in some ways, uh, it's a part of, of the whole adventure. You know, the idea of the adventure is we're all on any adventure that we go on. We're all bringing with us some kind of fear with us. You know, and that can be different for each person, you know, for, for each person, you know, and, but it's, it's part of it, you know, cause adventure always includes that, that element of, of facing the unknown. Right. And as we're finding out in this conversation is that end, end of being a fool, right? Like it's guaranteed. Like, it, I, I think that that's. I think one of maybe the most important things that that I'm coming away with in this conversation is that it's like, look, it's guaranteed. Like even in that, you know, if you use that that sort of metric of like, what's the most amount of responsibility that I can I can have here, and what's the most amount of risk that I can have here? It's like no matter what, there's going to be you're going to confront some level of where you don't know what you're doing where you mm -hmm. feel like you don't know what you're doing or, or you do something that that was foolish, but that was always going to be, that was always going to be right. It was inevitable, but it's part of the adventure. It's what part of what makes it an adventure. And also again, the path of the fool is also the path of the wise one, right? It's, it's a process. It's a process of, of, of going from fool to wisdom, right? Like it's, it's, it's all yeah. part of it. So choose your adventure, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's like no, no matter what, cause you know, in a well, way, like, I, can I stop I, you? The fool sure, sets sure. out on the adventure. I know I'm cutting you off. Sorry, man. But the fool sets off on the adventure. The wise man arrives at, at the other end of it. Yeah. So like, 
don't be scared that you'll be exposed as a fool as you go on this adventure to your wise self. Yeah. And then the wise one goes on another adventure to be exactly. made a fool of again. To realize right? they're a fool all over yeah. again. Yeah. All over again. Yeah. Right. And, and Hey, how much fun is that? You know? And like, maybe we can yeah. look at it that way that it's like, yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's the adventure. That's, that's the freaking adventure. We don't need to be so, we don't need to be so worried about it. You know, mm-hmm. we don't need to be so freaked out about the whole thing. And I mean, look, I, I, I get it. I get part of it because, I mean, we, particularly today, like we live in a world where you've got so many people who can so easily just troll you, you know, and, and shit talk you and throw shade, you know, and it's, you know, it, it but again, what's actually really getting what 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 are you, is actually getting hurt there some stranger saying talking shit about about you what's really getting damaged and it's like oh it's just an image again right like it's just a an image of yourself that honestly who cares you know like what are, what other people think about what you're doing go and, and make a fool of yourself the the trolls are are nothing but people who are kind of yeah, they're they're the ones who are afraid to to make a fool of themselves, to to put themselves out there and go on their adventure. But I was gonna say that I think no matter what, like you are choosing an adventure of some kind. Because again, like for someone who's avoiding risk, who's uh, who's afraid of being made a fool, who's sticking too close to the ground, you know, who's who's just who's just constantly building their foundation, <laughs> you know, it's just, who's just nothing but building a foundation. And there's eventually a point where that's, that's going to show them that their foolishness. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. you hear people who have, who have talked about this, like, Oh, you know what? I wish I had, you know, done these things in my life, but I was too afraid. I was too afraid to go out there. I was too afraid to take that risk. I was too afraid to make a fool of myself and I never did it. And now I'm filled with regret. What a fool mm-hmm. I was in, and tr- not in trying to not be a fool, you know? And so it's like, let's, let's, I think, you know, it's like, it's about embracing that, that aspect of it, you know? And it's, it's makes the, it makes stepping out on the adventure a little bit more, more, palatable it makes the the fears and and the risks uh not quite as daunting to face i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no this is uh this is good it's it i i think that there is yeah there is foolishness in standing still or playing it too safe and and all of that and i i think sometimes those are not as evident right away and that's why people sometimes choose those choices because the person who chooses to go on the adventure can more easily and predominantly be exposed as a fool in a moment where they, they did something and others perceive it, or they even may perceive it themselves as just, Oh, that was stupid. Why did I do that? I, you know, and I mean, I think something I'm reminded of too, is we have to remember that all of us inside, no matter how old we are, no matter how much experience we may have, we're all still children on the inside. And I think it's very important that we treat ourselves 
to some degree at certain times, especially in relation to this, like the children we are underneath who are just learning. And, you know, and it's like, would you, would you tell a child who is trying something out for the very first time, like, Oh, what an idiot, what a stupid thing to do. Like you'd be a, you'd be a douche. Like you'd be such a horrible person to do that. Right. And if you would, like, you should check yourself honestly, but like the kid's just learning. So it's like, ah, you know what I would do? I'd say, yeah, like, like, okay, no worries. Like, look, like this is what happened. This is where you kind of made a mistake. No worries. Like, and, and I think responsibility comes in where it's like, that's where the parent side of us comes in to ourselves. Cause I think in some ways, you know, we're all parenting ourselves to some degree and you need to be a parent and be like, yeah, you know what? This is too dangerous. Like you could get hurt and, um, you know, you, you're putting yourself in a position that's not, that's not okay. Or you're doing something that is whatever. And I think we need to play that role as well. But I think we have to find compassion for ourselves and compassion for each other. A lot of what we talk about, Evan, seems to come down to that very thing is like having compassion and having mm. kind of, and not just for others, but for ourselves. Like, but I think it is through others that we find it through ourselves because I think when we judge someone else, we're actually just judging ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, like if you call someone else a fool, that's actually how you limit yourself. So when someone makes a mistake, um, instead of being judgmental of them, try to see their innocence in it, try to see their naivety in it and look at it from, from their, uh, maybe they had quite pure intention, you Mm -hmm. know? And, um, you know, I've seen, uh, I've seen people get taken advantage of and, you know, and, and sometimes it's like, I'm like, oh man, what a dumb thing to do. But I have to understand that they maybe didn't know something that maybe I thought I did. And, um, you know, and it's, they don't need someone kind of going like, oh, you're such an idiot. Like, not that I would say that, but like, in a way, my even, even thinking that, or even having any entertainment of that means that on my own front the way i look at myself that's how i would be with me you know because the way we judge others is really truly how we judge ourselves Mm -hmm. but a lot of people who are very judgmental what they do the way they skirt this issue is they never do anything where they could ever be judged but they sit around and judge everyone else who's doing stuff they're the uh they're the arena people watching the fight they're never in the fight, but they're always watching the fight and they're going, oh, what a what a dumb move. What a bad mm-hmm. thing. But they never enter the arena. And I and they know judge for, themselves for that more than and they anything. judge themselves as well for for even that. But the, I think the thing is, is I, I believe that at some point in life, we should all step into the arena just so we can even take a beating, metaphorically, whatever that mm-hmm. means. And just so we can learn to have respect for people that actually decide to enter it because, you know, it's, it's so easy to just watch and observe and judge, but like to enter, you know, the arena of life and to, and to, and to put up a battle and to try to fight, to try to climb the mountain, you know, if you like that as better analogy, it's like, we all got to give ourselves a chance to actually try. And I think showing ourselves grace and compassion 
that we will stumble and fall and make mistakes and scrape our knee and whatever. Um, but you know, here's an analogy. Let me just leave it with this on, on this point. If someone said, Brandon, I'm going to go climb that mountain. And I go, awesome, go ahead. And they go climb it. And then they come back down. They're all bumped, bloodied and bruised. And they never got to the top. And they say, I know I didn't make it. I'm, this is where I made it. This is what happened. I realized that I don't have the right gear. I realized this is what I need to learn. I realized whatever. And I'd be like, great. Go get it. Climb it again if you want. I wouldn't say like, what an idiot told you so didn't make it you know like yeah what a what a terrible way but i feel like that's how judgment works judgment's like oh you didn't make it up the mountain see i told you what a stupid risk you took what a dumb idea you know you're such an yeah. idiot you're such a fool right like and i feel like these narratives these types of talks um you know granted i don't know if they quite work like that for me but they work in some way like that for me so mm -hmm. i assume that other people have somewhat similar i'm just throwing that out there but I feel like if we look at ourselves, like if you fail to climb the mountain that you're trying to climb and you come back down and face the part of you that judges that, that you can, you can get that part that judges you to show compassion and empathy. You're going to be more likely to get more prepared and climb that mountain again and actually reach the top or climb another mountain, but not, but be more prepared for the next mountain you climb, whatever that means, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, all right, wrap it up. <laughs> let's yeah, let's wrap it up. I uh, I don't have a beer. I was just drinking coffee because I wasn't quite feeling ready for a beer. So, but I believe you've got one. So why don't you? I do. Why don't you share with us what you've got got going there? I do. I do. All right. So this is called the Filthy Dirty IPA by Oh yeah, Parallel Forty Nine. Yeah, India Pale Ale. Um, seven point two percent alcohol. Yeah, man, this that's is a, a really that's a saucy mother right there. It is. This is a really really tasty beer. I haven't had Forty Ninth Parallel for a little while because I've been kind of out of the city, been exploring. But I actually might do a. I got a. I got one of their. I I think it's one of their summer or spring kind of kits. So I might just embrace the Forty Ninth Parallel for a month. Um, nice. But I got to tell you, this beer, I haven't had it in a long time, and it is delicious. Like, knocked it out of the park. Really good. Um, yeah, man. It's like, yeah, they it's did a good job. It's definitely one of their flagships. You yeah, know, yeah. They've, they've, they've got that one dialed in, and, and they keep they keep pumping it out. Yeah, it's good. It's, yeah. it's solid. Um, well, I don't know. Do you have any final thoughts? Do you want me to wrap it up first? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll go ahead. I, I don't think I have necessarily anything new to add for final comments, but, but yeah, like I, I, I'll come back again to that thing that you said, said earlier, which is just, you know, what's the, what's the most amount of responsibility and the most amount of risk that I can, I can take and have with, you know, whatever, whatever sort of situation that you you are in i think that that's a a terrific way of 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 looking at it you know like just again you you put some attention on something and you'll start to actually figure that stuff out you'll start to like okay well i guess i can do this and i can do this and i can do this and then that means that 
you know, no matter what, this will be okay. This will all be, be sorted. I, I won't completely, I won't be completely fucked if this thing doesn't work. And then from there, you can like, okay, and now I can really fully invest, commit into the amount of risk that, that, that I can put out the most amount of risks that I can put out that creating that space for both of those things, again, that they're not, they're not mutually exclusive. They're partners just like, um, just like, uh, the fool and the wise and the wise are, are, they're part of the, they're, they're the same person. They're the same person, but the wise person has left room to be the fool and in many ways is em- embraces the fool because they know that the fool is, is part of them becoming wise mm-hmm. and that, yeah, it's, and it's always just a new adventure in that, you know, everything is an adventure from, from being a fool to, to being wise. And I mean, if you could look at any, any book ever written, every, any movie ever made, and you could probably see that theme running in almost every single story that you've ever, ever seen or read is a story of somebody who went into something, they were a bit foolish and they came out of it wise Mm. or wiser, Mm -hmm. right? It's, you could, yeah, I, I would, I would dare you to just apply it to any, any story and you'd be like, oh shit, that's there. Mm-hmm. That's there. Any good story that is there. And that's part of the adventure. So, so let yourself be a fool. Take the acting wisdom of, of like, don't be afraid to make yourself a fool because that's the only way that you're going to be able to do this well. Mm-hmm. It's the only way that you're going to be able to do your life well is by being a bit of a fool. So be a fool. Be a fool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I would say my big takeaway was was a, a lot of what you said. Like number one, I'll reiterate that it's how much responsibility and risk can I take both at the same time, not one or the other. And and I think that's a lot of how I'm going to look at things moving forward because I think that gives you kind of a good gauge at what you're doing. Um, this whole idea about the fool was another thing that came up. And I think that's been interesting to explore because for me, I'm recognizing that it's like, okay, where are you, like, where are you maybe risking doing something foolish? And are you willing to explore that to maybe learn? And how much are you willing to learn that lesson? Because like if I said, look, I can give you a course for $100 to learn to be the fool, or I could give you a course that's $10,000 to learn to be the fool. Um, they teach the same thing. Well, you'd probably want the $100 course. But if I said the 10000 course will teach you something that will be life profound changing, which will open up your world in a way that is unrecognizable. And the Hunter course will just teach you like a little piddly lesson, you know, it's a cool lesson, but you know, it's priced accordingly. You would probably go, okay, well, 10,000 bucks is a big fucking risk, but life-changing, profound, you know, eye-opening, enlightening maybe, 
right? Like, okay, so maybe I do that, right? And so I feel like when we're when we're going into something, I think, like, I love how you kind of sent people off saying, like, yeah, play the fool. Let me just kind of play the opposite. Don't be delusional. Don't be, don't do things mindlessly, carelessly, um, do them sincerely. Sometimes you're not going to have all the info, but you know, but don't just go into it blindly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a part of this is like, yes, you should embrace playing the fool, but it doesn't mean you should be dumb and delusional about playing the fool, you know? Um, because like, I'm walking away a little motivated to play the fool, but at the same time, I feel like there's this voice of reason in the back of my mind going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like play the fool, Brandon, and don't judge yourself so hard on it. But at the same time, be a little responsible too. Like, don't just, you know, don't just, don't just like, just do things in a dumb way. Like if you could ask somebody for some help or some advice, or if you could research something a little bit extra, you know, or just find out a little bit more before you take that jump then maybe it's worth it. You know, um, you know, there maybe is a little bit of wisdom and look before you leap, but at the same time, if you're looking for forever and you're never leaping, sometimes you just got to go, okay, like, look, enough is enough. Let's just go for it. And I think that is, it comes back to this main point of this conversation, which I really think somehow it just was said early on, which is, yeah, how much responsibility and risk can I take at the exact same time to do whatever it is I'm about to do? Choose your own adventure. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.